While You Were Folding, Season 2, Episode 2. Family pictures are like going to Disney World. Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things. Lately, that would be faith, marriage, parenting, books, homeschooling, life in the country, and the messy moments in between. I've been a wife to pediatrician Philip for 13 years and a mother for 11. We have six kids on earth, one in heaven, and they teach us something new every day. I'm not an expert, but it is my prayer that this show will be a conversation starter on the things that matter, as well as some of the things that are just fun, and that you will share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, today is a pretty lighthearted episode talking about family pictures and expectations that we have for ourselves, for our families. And I'd like you to use this episode to remind each of us that sometimes our expectations are coming from a place of love, from our maternal hearts that want to capture these ages and stages and memories and that those good intentions sometimes can turn into trying to control things and stress or anxiety or even anger. And I just ask that you use this episode to somehow bless the listeners to remind all of us to have appropriate expectations, myself included. And, um, to carry those appropriate expectations into all of the different areas of our lives, especially as wives and mothers. And I ask you to bless all of the listeners, especially those that might be having family pictures sometime soon, that this episode would somehow be a blessing to each of them and to be an encouragement. We ask all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and get started for this week. Uh, I was going to do a quick catch up and share a few things that are new, but I thought I'd keep this episode a little bit shorter. So I don't know what the weather or surroundings are like where you live, but here in Nebraska, the fall foliage is at its peak right now. So everyone seems to be getting their family pictures done for Christmas cards. And we had ours done last night. And Philip and I were talking about how far we have come from our first family photo shoot when I was just a couple of weeks postpartum with our first baby, Jane. And what made us think about it was the photographer made a point of pulling me aside and saying, you know, (laughs) I have some moms who have one or two kids and they are completely stressed out and anxious throughout the whole thing, but you are so calm. And I really appreciate that. And I think I started laughing and I said, well, honestly, I think it's just because we've really lowered our expectations and that's pretty much the point of this podcast. (laughs) 
So I thought it would be fun to go down memory lane, share some stories about some previous family photo shoots that we've done, and just reassure you that what you're going to hear today is going to reassure you that your family is completely normal. (laughs) So our first family photo shoot would have been back in 2010. And since then, we've tried to do family portraits at least once once a year. And I think COVID was the first time that we've missed doing a professional photo shoot. If I have any regrets in parenting and family life, it's probably not having enough professional photos of all of the different milestones because those are truly priceless just to capture the ages and stages of your family. And I would say that each session had varying degrees of success or failure. (laughs) And if there were any photo shoots that didn't go as well, it almost always had to do with unrealistic adult expectations, either ours or the photographers. So in preparing for this episode, I was trying to think about how I would explain my philosophy of family pictures. And I decided I'm going to use the analogy of family photo shoots are a lot like going to Disney World. So hear me out. I'm going to unspool this a little bit. So when you're going to Disney World, you spend a whole lot of money. And because you've spent a small fortune before you even get there, there is a lot riding on what's going to happen when you arrive. You build up all of these moments to be these epic experiences. And there's more riding on it because you have spent so much money because Disney World is crazy expensive. And so having family portraits done is a lot like that. It's quite expensive to have good professional photography happen. And just because you've spent that small fortune, it does not entitle you to perfect behavior from your family. Just like when you go to Disney World, just because you've spent that amount of money doesn't mean your kid is going to love Splash Mountain or be willing to wait the two hours for the ride that you've been dreaming of or whatever. (laughs) So same thing with pictures. Just because you spent a whole lot of money doesn't mean that they're going to be perfectly behaved cherubs. The other thing, you have probably spent a lot of time and energy preparing for the photos, just like you spend a lot of time and energy preparing to go to Disney World. The amount of time commitment for the clothes that you're going to wear, the shoes, doing everyone's hair, scheduling the session when it's a really popular time of year. Just like going to Disney World, when you spend all that time and energy preparing for this big moment, it doesn't entitle you to perfect behavior from your family. And that's a really big bummer (laughs) because it takes a lot to make these things happen. Just like it takes a lot of time and energy to make a trip to Disney World happen, family photo shoot takes that same amount of time and energy. (laughs) And then my next point being in the quote unquote, most magical place on earth, AKA your photo shoot location. It does not unfortunately mean that you, your husband or your children will magically transform into the best version of yourselves. 
you are still the same imperfect people. And all that has changed is geography. (laughs) So your baby will still get hungry. Your toddler will probably still melt down. The older kids might have a squabble or two. Who knows? Maybe it'll even get physical. (laughs) And your husband will still do things differently than you do. And you will still expect him to read your mind or do things how you think they should be done. Yeah, you're still the same exact people. Doesn't matter if you're in Disney World or on your photo shoot that you've spent a small fortune and a crazy amount of time preparing for. Um, (laughs) so all of that being said, I look back on these first photo shoots that we had, and I was trying to remember what it was like and why they were so much more difficult with one, two, three kids than it is now for us with six young kids. Our oldest is 11 and our youngest is four months. So thinking about that, go back to 2010 this point in time, digital photography was still relatively new and it was not very high quality. Things were pretty pixelated. And at that point, maybe it was just because we were not in a place to afford really high quality photography, but it seemed like your options were to go to department stores and get your pictures done at JCPenney's portrait innovations, or you could spend some serious bucks with a professional photographer, and then you would only get a few prints. So this meant that if you're going to a place like portrait innovations, you had a narrow appointment window at the studio and there were other families or groups of people around. And it felt like you had a lot of pressure and that the pictures were much more posed than the more photojournalistic style that seems more popular now. So things were much more rigid. And I think the other reason why these early family photo sessions were more difficult, there was still a learning curve. Philip and I had to figure out what we could realistically expect from the experience, how to prepare for the photo session, what would and would not work in terms of what we would wear, what the location, if we were going to start shooting at a park or somewhere with a photographer, the timing of these photo sessions, as well as where people should stand if we didn't have a whole lot of direction from the photographer. And like I already said, there was more of a focus on the posed photos instead of just capturing us in our element. And I would say also, since we were just starting out our family, Philip was still in med school. I was, I was teaching. So we were, um, not doing very well financially. And so it was much higher stakes financially because when you're just starting out as a young adult, you probably have a lot of debt. You're trying to make wise investments with your money. And so photography, especially at that point in time, felt like a really big deal. And so you have much higher hopes in the return on your investment and you hope for beautiful pictures. And when things start to unravel in the photo shoot, it's easier to get more stressed out. The other thing we had going against us in these early family photo shoots was that we were still 
relatively newlyweds. We were still working on marital communication. And (laughs) I laugh even saying that because we've only been married for 13 years. So we're still working on marital communication. But when you're in especially those first couple years and you have the stress of a new baby, you're trying to do a family photo shoot, it's easy for one or both of you to start shutting down when things are getting frustrating or hard, or you have a screaming baby and you're trying to get a beautiful picture. And it's so important going in to make sure that you're both on the same page about what your expectations are for the photo shoot. And especially what shots are most important to you. Do you want to just get a picture of the brand new baby? Do you want a picture of just the kids? Do you want a picture of the two of you in addition to getting a family photo, all those sorts of things. You need to have that conversation ahead of time instead of figuring it out at the photo shoot. And then also to figure out when to call it quits instead of continuing to push for the perfect shot. Because if you've paid for an hour long photo session, maybe you don't even need to fill that whole time. Maybe you're only going to get half an hour's worth out of your young children before everyone melts down. Just because you paid for the full hour doesn't mean you actually need to fill it. Maybe you've got some beautiful pictures in that first half hour. So know when to call it quits and when to end the photo session. I would also say in those early years that because Philip was still in medical school and then residency, that our time with him was very limited and it was very difficult to try and schedule our photo shoots with his schedule and combining that with little kids nap time was really tricky on top of newborn baby feeding schedules. So we had also scheduling going against us as well. Um, so that's why I would say the earlier ones were much more difficult than they are now. This is not to say that our session last night was without its challenges, but because of these years of all of these sessions that we've had under our belt, I would say that we've learned a couple things. So I came up with a short list and I just wanted to share it with all of you in the hopes that, (laughs) first of all, I hope it just makes you laugh and helps you to know that your family is totally normal. And I hope you can relate to what I'm saying here. And also maybe if you're just starting out your family and you have family photos coming up, we all have holidays around the corner. Hopefully this will um, just be some food for thought as you prepare for all those moments that you want to capture. So the first point I would say is to treat everyone, including yourself and your husband, like a toddler. (laughs) This is not meant to be insulting. It is meant to be realistic in terms of what everyone needs. So before you go on your photo shoot, make sure everyone is fed, watered, rested, and has their love buckets as full as possible. If you have a hangry toddler or a hangry you, (laughs) you will all be more impatient and it will be much more difficult to get quality pictures. If you have a child who doesn't feel like they've had quality time with you in a long time, they're probably not going to want to feel snuggly and have these warm, fuzzy pictures taken. So keep all those things in mind. Treat everyone, including yourself, like a toddler. Uh, Next, when it comes to what everyone is going to wear, I want you to gather 
to physically go and grab all of the things that every member of the family is going to wear, including the dang shoes, and lay them out either on a bed or on the floor somewhere where you can see all of the outfits and see how they look next to each other. And instead of trying to get really matchy-matchy, try to select about four colors that will play really well together. And it's really helpful to see if you have too much of one color to see if maybe some of the colors that you had selected don't go together as well. And for crying out loud, go shopping in your closets before you go shopping at the store, because chances are you have that random color that you have selected. And this is the other thing. Choose the colors based on what you already own instead of thinking you have to go buy a bunch of things. Spend money on smaller items like the hair accessories or a piece of jewelry or whatever, instead of having everyone have to have a whole new wardrobe. The next thing, this is something that I did not do a great job of in the early years. And I think so much of this has to do with our experience of picture taking when you're growing up. I don't know about you, but in my experience, I feel like our family pictures being a child of the 80s and 90s, things were much more formal and matchy matchy. And there was just kind of an expectation that you would show up, everyone would be posed, you would sit, you would have the family portrait, and that would be it. And so I think I carried some of that into what I thought the family photo experience would look like, especially in the early years. And as time has gone on, as digital photography has gotten more popular, I think I've started to embrace that things can be more casual. And I think that's reflected in what we've worn over the years. And I think it's also reflected in my general attitude. So with that, I would say um, when it comes to your little ones that have an attachment to their favorite small toy or a stuffed animal or a blanket, to go ahead and let them bring the lovey to the photo session. It won't take away from the photo. It keeps them occupied. And I promise you'll be glad to have a record of their lovey of the moment. So last night, when it came time to leave, our two-year-old, Gloria, she insisted on bringing Frenchie. That's a little figurine. It's like, I don't know, three feet tall, and it's plastic. It's a figurine from the show Fancy Nancy. And several times throughout the shoot, I would do my Frenchie voice and help Gloria to move along to the next spot or our grouping of family members. And I was so glad that she had it there because it was a tiny little thing. I'm sure it'll appear in some of our photos. It probably won't be in most of them, but it kept her happy. It kept her entertained and it'll be a fun memory to look back on. And I know in earlier photo sessions, there were times when the older kids I'm sorry, older kids, (laughs) you were kind of like my guinea pigs and I have learned better by now, but I made you leave your lovies at home. And looking back, I regret how rigid I was about it. So go ahead, let the toddler bring their lovey to the family photo shoot. The next thing is one of the most important things. Choose a photographer that gets children. I repeat, Choose a photographer that gets children. Tell me, (laughs) let me tell you how I know that this is important. So a few years ago, we drove an hour away 
for a very formal extended family photo session. And we had about 40 people in this portrait. (laughs) So you can imagine how long it took to get everyone arranged just so in this photo and for the photographer to get the lighting just right because we were outdoors. And this is all before he was actually ready to start taking the picture. And he called one of our kids difficult because this child was being fussy by the time he was ready. So needless to say, he struggled to get our young kids to smile for him because he clearly did not know how kids operate. He was getting bent out of shape instead of trying to get the kids to cooperate or be in a good mood or smile. So clearly this was not someone that I would hire for a future photo shoot. And if you hear any uh, volume above, (laughs) we're just going to call it signs of life. My kids running around upstairs. I'm in the basement recording. Okay, let's see here. So choose a photographer who gets children. So here's what you're looking for. You want someone who is willing to look like a complete fool in public places so that they can get your kids to look at the camera or laugh. You need someone who knows when it's time to change it up, to try for a different grouping of people or to move to a different spot. And you need someone who knows what kids like that want to talk about the things that kids know about and to know what kids think is silly. So for example, last night's photographer, she knew to ask our two-year-old Gloria about Paw Patrol. She knew the characters' names and she was making silly, unexpected sounds that our kids wouldn't normally think they would hear from an adult to get their attention. So find a photographer that gets kids. Next, this is really important. Let go of the Pinterest images that you saw or the perfect idea that you found for a picture. It is so much better to have an imperfect picture that shows your real family dynamics instead of that perfectly posed rigid one you had in your head where you're threatening your children (laughs) through gritted teeth because they're not cooperating with the Pinterest image. See, it all goes back to the Disney World thing. You have the, the image in your head of how it's going to go, but everyone is the same person. So just let go of it. <laughs> Remember you're the same. You're not the Pinterest family that you pinned. Move on. <laughs> uh, the next thing, and last night's photo session proved this to be true. The things that you didn't plan on or spend money on are probably going to be the thing from the photo session that you remember most. So last night it was getting a little bit chilly as the sun was going down toward the end of our photo shoot. So our 11 year old Jane cocooned our four month old Helen in her long sweater while the boys were taking their guy pictures together. And After our photographer was done snapping pics of the guys, she had turned around and saw Jane holding Helen in her sweater and snapped a picture of that. And then at another point, the two-year-old Gloria, she didn't feel like walking up to the top of the dam for one of our pictures. So Philip carried her on his shoulders and our photographer snagged that too. And those are two moments that 
I couldn't have ever planned on or spent more money to make them happen. But those two moments are two perfect examples of things that will likely be some of my favorite shots of the evening. And no scanning on Pinterest could have prepared me for that. So keep that in mind. Also, if one of your kids has a suggestion for either a pose or a location, and you can do it without it being too much of a hassle or disrupting the flow of the photo shoot, just do it. It's like the law of when you have actors doing improv, the law is you say yes and. So you say yes, and then you build on it. When you say no, it just kills the momentum of the photo shoot and the goodwill that you have toward one another. So if your kid wants you to do a silly picture or go over to that tree 10 paces away, just do it because it'll help everyone to continue to be cooperative. And there's no reason why not. Also, when everyone is losing steam, don't be afraid to be, (laughs) you're not, you don't have to be above bribery. Okay. So it's totally cool to announce a surprise trip for ice cream or another treat when everyone starts to lose steam and say it's to celebrate a job well done. So last night we announced we were going to have a trip to Culver's for some concrete mixers after we were leaving, um, like 10 minutes before we knew the photo shoot was going to wrap up. Also, speaking of bribery, we have been known in the past to bring jelly beans for the three and older crowd. We love jelly beans for photo shoots because they don't stain or melt. So maybe you want to put a couple jelly beans in your pocket for kids that won't choke on them. Um, That's it for my list. So let's go through it again real quick. Quick repeat. So the first one is to treat everyone, including yourself, like a toddler. Number two, put those outfits together and aim for a color scheme instead of matchy-matchy. Number three, go ahead and bring the toddler's lovey along for the photo shoot. Number four, make sure the photographer gets children. Number five, ditch those picture-perfect Pinterest ideas for the imperfect one that your family will deliver on. Six, do the poses your kids request. You won't regret it. Seven, The things that you don't plan on or spend money on will make the best pictures and memories. Let them happen. And number eight, bribery isn't so bad. So don't be above it. The bottom line to wrap all this up, if you come with appropriate expectations and the person behind the lens gets kids, you will have a successful photo shoot. After my quick brainstorm, that's what I came up with, but I want to know what you would add to my list. What do you wish you had known when you started doing family portraits? Please email your ideas to me at podcast at katherineboucher.com or send me your voice messages on Voxer. On to show and tell. This is the segment of the show where I share something that's been bringing me joy. Maybe a book I'm reading or something to do with homemaking or a kid's picture book or some cleaning product or something. This week, I have a show recommendation. So I have a little bit of an obsession with a show that I found with Philip on Apple TV, and it is called Trying 
T-R-Y-I-N-G, trying. So um, it's about a young couple. First of all, they're from England, so they have the most adorable British accents. (laughs) And they're named Jason and Nikki. And here's the description from Apple TV. All Jason and Nikki want is a baby, but it's the one thing they just can't have. So they decide to adopt. With their dysfunctional friends, screwball family, and chaotic lives, will the adoption panel think they're ready to be parents? So why I love this show, it shares what the adoption process is really like. It's a British dramedy. It has amazing character development. The casting is really phenomenal. And the dialogue is super quick and punchy. I just love the writing on this show. And the show does a really great job of showing instead of telling with the acting. There is so much conveyed in each scene with the facial expressions that the actors make, with the body language, with the quick interactions that you see with glances exchanged. And I love that in a show. And the other thing I love about it personally is that Philip and I, we were pretty far along in the international adoption process before we got pregnant with Gloria, who is our fifth. Um, And we still think that we're called to adopt. So this show has a special place in our hearts. We had so many awkward conversations with social workers, with everyone's bizarre or hurtful or well-meaning but horribly worded observations or questions or remarks on adoption. So Philip and I (laughs) were jabbing each other with elbows laughing through these different scenes with the social worker who is so great. (laughs) So we really liked that part about it. And the other thing, my favorite kind of show is one that has me laughing and crying in equal amounts. And this show definitely delivers on that. Um, the other great thing about this show is that it already has released two seasons. Each season is eight episodes. They're 26 to 30 minutes long. So because both of those seasons premiered in May, May of 2020 and 2021, I would guess that season three will probably premiere in May of 2022. They've announced that season three will happen, but not what the exact date is. So I'm hopeful that it's coming next May, May of 2022. And Today, to get you a little bit more intrigued with the show, I thought I would share a clip from the season one trailer. So to set it up, this is a scene where Nikki is trying to convince Jason to have sex and she wants to get together with him for the evening. Sex. Look, I've just had a big dinner and it's one in the morning. Do you still enjoy having sex with me? Absolutely, yes. As much as you used to? Yes. Wow. I've seen the film before, so I'm not on the edge of my seat, but it's still my favorite film of all time. So there it is. I hope you'll give it a try. It is so funny and heartwarming. I will say there's, as you can probably tell from that trailer, a little bit of sexual content and some language, but nothing gratuitous. 
I am pretty sensitive when it comes to nudity, language, violence, all those things. But this is a show that Philip and I really enjoyed watching together, and I hope you'll check it out. And I would also love to hear your recommendations for any shows that you have been watching. That's all that I've got for now. It is so great to be back to podcasting, and it's been great to hear from all of you who are listening. And I would love to include your voice on the show. Please get in touch. Share your ideas about family photo sessions. Maybe you just have a story about something that went horribly wrong that you want to share, or you have some advice, something that you've learned along the way, or maybe you have a really great show recommendation that you want to share with me. You can email me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Find me on Facebook or Instagram, or you can send me a voicemail on Voxer, the free walkie-talkie app. Just search for Catherine Boucher and send me a message on there. Also, you know what I'm going to say. I say this on every episode. If you like the show, please share it with a friend. Word of mouth is how we keep growing the show. Or you can share a rating and a review in iTunes. And when I say iTunes, I guess I mean Apple Podcasts now because that's how they do it. Um, And I'll share a link in the show notes if you don't know how to do that. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding. Thank you.